This doesn't have a jingle, but where I'm here, Lord's still getting better, I guess. But I'm here, it's the Bling Show, it's the Lord and Bling Show, but right now it's just the Bling Show. This one's probably not going to be as long, maybe, but I have a lot of thoughts on the Afghanistan situation. I know I talked about it in length and in depth yesterday with when I became anti-war because of the Vietnam book Bloods by Wallace Terry, where I learned about the atrocities of war on boots on the ground, firsthand stories, burning $1,000 bills when they got back to the U.S. And now we're back in the same history has repeated itself. Truly it has. 20 years, billions of U.S. taxpayer money, dead Americans, dead Afghanis, just dead people, thousands of people dead. And then they're still dying as the United States are flying off, flying out of Afghanistan. They're trying to be like, hey, you guys are supposed to help. They jump on the plane and just, well, we'll take off without you. There's plenty of cargo room inside. Have fun jumping off the plane in midair from hundreds of feet up. Just, it's absolutely... I mean... I don't know. I try to, like, rationalize it sometimes. Well, taxpayer money, uh, infrastructure. It's like, no, man, that's a lot of money just to have it for 20 years. If you think about it in this way, instead of sending young men and women, mostly men, across abroad, overseas, into, like, deserty landscapes, mountainous regions that has never been conquered, the British tried it, when, in 1890-something, right? when they made those arbitrary lines, Pakistan and Afghanistan. Oh my God, I just, I can't. I get so frustrated and worked up over stuff like this because I guess it's just because nobody's as enlightened as I am. Why are these people generals? And why are, why are they in charge? And why are, why are they calling the shots? Look, I don't, I think Donald Trump disrupted a lot of politics and I'm all for that. That's kind of why I supported him when he was coming into it. But he also messed up a lot of stuff too, that a lot of good things that were happening. I, I know that he got caught in a lot of political traps and a lot of political games, so it's not all on him for how stupid he was or how bad things got for a minute there. But there's one positive thing from the Trump administration and that was to, to get a deal to get out of Afghanistan. And you can see the chaos now of just what was going on over you. You're, there's, I don't know the ins and outs of all the politics of that area and the Middle East and the history. I don't, I can't, I can pretend to know all I want. I guess the problem is the British drew an arbitrary sort of border between Afghanistan and Pakistan. And you have an ethnic group of people. Okay, let's, uh, let's rewind it. Everyone, come back. Let's come back. Let's take a deep breath. Utah. Stay with me here. Utah is, there is a lot of Mormons here. A lot of Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The one and only true church on the planet. 
There's about 16 million members, according to the church record. So really, there's probably about 10 million. That's in Utah, or that's a church headquartered in Utah, United States. And so I can recognize Mormon families and see Mormon churches around here all the time. If you had, we'll just say Mexico, came in and conquered everything or messed everything up, we'll say Canada, Mexico, they collaborated and messed up this part of the, the western part of the United States. And this mountain, mountainous region of sort of like ethnic Mormons almost, I mean, they've been here for a couple hundred years, like 1847, was it? 1847 is when Mormons first started coming here. So you kind of have maybe a little bit. It's not thousands of years like Afghanistan of this ethnic population of yeah, Pashtun. It's an Iran. Uh, they speak an Iranian dialect. Mormons wouldn't care here, and they'd play along by the rules and say, "Oh yeah, Mexico, Canada, cool." This part of State Street is Mexico. This part of State Street is Canada. Nobody, all of the Mormons here would not care about this line that Mexico and Canada created. Because it's, it, it doesn't matter. They're, they're, it just doesn't matter. I, I can't really, just give me a second. I don't know. I can't. Yeah. It, it, they're family. They're families. They're religious families. It doesn't matter if you're on one side of State Street or the other. It's going to be exactly the same, whether Canada and Mexico made this arbitrary line or not. And they're, it's always going to just be State Street. You can't change it. And for thousands of years, that's how it was in Afghanistan. It's an ethno-religious thousands, millions I think it's even called like, hold on a second. My phone out. Pashtuns, historically known as Afghans, are an Iranian ethnic group native to Central and South Asia. There's 43 million in Pakistan, and there's 15 million in Afghanistan. 15 million in Afghanistan, that's the size of the Mormon population. So it's basically, if you imagine Utah, you could not, it doesn't matter how much any, if the U.S. military, Canadian military, Mexican, Mormons will never, they might play along and say, oh yeah, you captured us, but they're not going, I don't know. Pashtuns are native to land compromising southern Afghanistan and northwestern Pakistan, which is occasionally referred to as the Pashtunistan region. It, they have their own country that's not recognized, but it's referred to as the Pashtunistan region. They don't care about your stupid British line, British borders. It's called Pashtunistan. It doesn't exist in the Encyclopedia Britannica and all the egg, eggheads at Oxford. They can't get it. It's like, no, man, this has existed long before the internet long before the Encyclopedia Britannica. 
thousands of years. I think they found the fossil records of humans in that area go back like 50,000 years in Afghanistan. So it, it's not just some new spot. Significant and historical communities of the Pashtun diaspora exist in the Sindh and Pujan provinces of Pakistan. And in, uh, it was originally established in 1893 as the international border between British India and the Emirate of Afghanistan by Mortimer Durand, a British diplomat of the Indian Civil Service, and Abdur Rahman Khan, the Afghan Emir, to fix the limit of their respective spheres. It's called the Durand Line. Durand Line. Now let's get into the weeds here. Oh. Durand Line. Let's read about this. Hi, thanks for tuning in to The Lord and Bling Show. We're re researching a little bit about the history of Afghanistan, Pakistan, and the United States' genius, brilliance of spending 20 years over there. The Durand Line is 1,660 miles international land border between Afghanistan and Pakistan and South Asia. It was originally established in 1893 as the international border between British India and the Emirate of Afghanistan by more, we already read that, a British diplomat, blah, blah. The Afghan Emir to respect the fears of influence and improve diplomatic relations and trade. Okay. Afghanistan was considered by the British as an independent state at the time, although the British controlled its foreign affairs and diplomatic relations. Afghanistan had already ceded the regions of those and Khyber to British... Re Can this be English? The Duran Line left about half of the Pashtun homeland under British rule. In 1901, the Pashtun majority northwest... Okay, this doesn't... I don't want to learn all about it. I just... Give me... Although the Duran Line is internationally recognized as the western border of Pakistan, it remains largely unrecognized by Afghanistan. There. Too long, didn't read. Ten minutes into the podcast. Just fast forward ten minutes into the podcast. Although the Durand Line is internationally recognized as the western border of Pakistan, it remains largely unrecognized by Afghanistan because the Pashtun people have lived there and thrived there and had families there and religious experiences there, have their own language there for thousands of years before Christ. Well... The British come over in 1893, we'll fix that. No, you won't. No, you will not. And that's, like, that's how dumb it is. British people are kind of dumb. They're smart. I mean, they're really smart. Ox Oxford eggheads, they're so smart. I'm jealous of how smart British people are. Pakistan, in 1976, he softened his tone by recognizing the Duran line as the international border. Okay, yeah. 1976, we're going to invade your country again if you don't. Like, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's a line. That's a border. Yep. Don't invade us again. We're recognizing it. 
as a border. And then after a few years, all right, back to normal. There's no border there. There hasn't been for thousands of years, and there still isn't. Not from the British, not from anybody else. <sighs> Contemporary. Pakistan's intelligence agency has been heavily involved in the affair since the late 1970s. During Operation Cyclone, yeah, support and funding from the Central Intelligence Agency, or the CIA, in the United States recruited Mujahideen militant groups on the Pakistani side of the Duran line to cross into Afghanistan's territory for missions to topple the Soviet-backed Afghan government. Yeah, that's the Stinger missiles that we gave to the Pakistanis to shoot down the Russian Hind helicopters, you know, the Rambo helicopter, the absolutely amazing warship that the, the Russian Hind is. That's probably my favorite helicopter. Call me a traitor. I mean, the Apache's nice. Apache's a great attack helicopter. All around, great. But a Russian Hind has all the capabilities that Apache has, can do, and it can also haul around like nine soldiers or whatever extra guns you want to throw in the cargo bay. It's like an Apache on steroids. So that's, the U.S. was like, we can't beat these helicopters. Here you go. Here you go, Pashtuns. Here's a bunch of ground-to-air missiles, Stinger missiles. They're brand new. Raytheon just created them. And we just got a contract with Halliburton to buy a whole bunch of them, so here you go. Shoot down all those Russian helicopters, and then when we come back in 2001, you can use it against us. Thank you very much. As you can tell, I'm slightly emotionally invested in this, probably more than I should be because I'm not into military things. I think it's probably more of just me saying I told you so. I remember in 2001, 2003, in that area, in that era, shock and awe, all that stuff. Invasion, weapons of mass destruction that were never found. <sighs> Gas prices went up. Ever since, like, 2001, 2003, there was this guy across the street, and he was on the National Guard. He had just joined the National Guard. So he's all hyped on the U.S., and he says, nah, it'll just be, a f we'll be in there shocking out. We'll take care of business and we'll be out. And I said, man, it's not going to be like that. It's going to go on for a long time. War is terrible. I don't support this war at all. Adamantly. I almost got a tattoo that said no war. <laughs> I did. I was a little bit younger back then. I had gone to a Juliana Theory concert right around that time. I saw the Juliana Theory live, and I really liked that band at the time. Loved the band at the time. I liked Zayo, and I liked Juliana Theory. It came together like one cool band. The singer of Juliana Theory was on stage, of course, singing, and he had, I don't know if he wrote on marker or if he actually had it tattooed, but it said, no, no war on his forearm. And I was like, dude, I'm going to get that tattooed on my forearm. I never did. 
But I remember seeing it, and that kind of planted a seed. And I was like, why is this guy? like? He's a singer of a band. Why is he involved? Or why, what does he care about war? I couldn't figure, I, I guess, I don't know. I'm still pretty young. But I had read that book, Bloods by Wallace Terry, before seeing the Juliana Theory. So I was already anti-war. But to see this on like a singer's forearm was like, yeah, even more anti-war. Like, yeah, this is the right direction. So I will never be for war. Never. Justified, not justified. I never, ever, ever. Just because it's terrible. The things that happen, the fallout that happens, the intentions, I'm sure they want to solve a conflict or do whatever, take over. But the suffering from innocent people, from children, women, men and women alike, torture. Like, severe, unthinkable torture. Just really unthinkable things. Things, if you read graphic novels that are true about war, or if you've, heaven forbid, been in war and seen that stuff firsthand. I don't know. I'm not cool with it. I woke up this morning kind of fired up about it because I was reading about it last night a lot. Uh, just the amount of money that's spent, the waste of time, a lot of reminiscing like 20 years ago. What was I doing 20 years? Like 2001. Yeah, Juliana Theory, going to concerts, being awkward and shy. I was, I, was, I was very shy and awkward. I wish I could go back in time and be the person that I am now in, in like a younger version of myself. I'd get a lot done. I'd get a lot done. But yeah. Oh well, I'm old now. Now I can complain about war. I have my own pod. I have multiple pod. I'm a multiple podcast host. All right, get off my back. No, I can complain about war. I can complain about politics. Although, over the last four years, with the Trump administration, COVID, and everything else, everything else that has gone wrong, the past year, past four years, when you think things can't get any worse, and then they do, I remember thinking back in November like nine months ago? Goodness gracious. I remember thinking back in November, like, I'm glad the worst is over. I'm glad I'm out of this mess. Or I'm glad the tides are starting to turn a little bit here. Dude, and it's August now. I'm still like getting kicked in the stomach trying to catch my breath. But I'm laughing it off. I'm laughing all the way. I'm having a great time. I'm having a great time, and I hope you're having a great time, too. And bless your hearts for listening to this all the way through to here about Afghanistan, Pashtuns, geniuses at Oxford. I think I'm going to go out for a walk now. <clears throat> I think Uncle Bling's going to go out to the woods. Honk if you see me. Honk if you don't. Lord... I know you're already feeling better now, so now you have no excuse. No, Lord, feel better, please. Lord, get well soon. Thoughts and prayers. You guys are the coolest. Talk to you later.